With the Investing News Network, I'm Scott Tibbles. Today, I'm reporting from the International Mining and Resources Conference in Melbourne, or IMARC. And joining me now is David Smith. David is the Director General of the Department of Mines, Industry Regulation and Safety with the Western Australian Government. Thank you so much for joining me, David. Thank you very much, Scott. Pleasure to talk to you. Um, it's a pleasure to be at this conference. Uh, the mining and resource sector is a very important sector for Western Australia and the department that I lead uh, plays an important role in, uh, in the regulation of uh, that sector and the activity that occurs in Western Australia. And you've just, you've just earlier made a presentation uh, spooking Western Australia to investors here at IMARC. Can you give me a little bit of a rundown just for our listeners on what you were talking about and why Western Australia in particular is so special among the Australian states? Well, let me first of all say that the resource sector in Western Australia is very important uh, to the local economy, to the national economy and the global economy. Uh, you can't work in Western Australia and not be touched in some way by the resource sector. I think there's a, a, an acceptance and acknowledgement in Western Australia and among the Western Australian community about the importance of the resource sector and, uh, and uh, an understanding that, that the future of Western Australia is inexorably linked with the future of resources. Okay, and so you also mentioned that there was, you, you've, you've very much approved the healthy competition between Australian states. Can, so can you just tell me a little bit about how that affects investors looking at Australia? Are you competing for investors? How do you define, you know, differentiate Western Australia from other states while still, I guess, uh, you know, contributing to the entire country's well-being? Yeah. So uh, I think we do have healthy competition among um, state governments uh, in the resource space. I think the presentations that we saw and heard this morning uh, show all states and territories have, uh, uh, have aspirations, perhaps in some cases, uh, around the development of their resource sector. Uh, and I think we compete um, in, in a healthy way. Uh, I think Western Australia has some natural advantages in terms of its resource um, uh, deposits and, and, and its basic geology, but I think it also has some advantages in terms of the, the policy development, the regulations and the infrastructure that's set up around that. I mentioned this morning in my presentation uh, three things that are important. Um, the geological survey and the information that we invest in as a government, and the government's uh, uh, got a, um, a program that's been running now for over 10 years in relation to exploration uh, information, and that provides a good uh, information base for explorers and developers who are coming to the state uh, wanting to, to, to uh, to develop uh, resources. I think we've, we've got a good regulatory regime as well. As I mentioned this morning, it's not perfect and we need to keep moving because the world we're regulating changes. Uh, so, uh, But we've got a good regulatory framework. We're transparent, we're um, accountable, we're, we're moving to a risk-based outcome focus. So we're trying very much uh, not to sacrifice the objectives of that regulation, which are very important, ranging from safety concerns to environmental, but to do have that regulation applied in an effective way that keeps pace, if you like, with the developments required and communities' expectations. And the other important one, which perhaps is West Australia hasn't um, in the past been acknowledged enough for, is our scientific effort. So uh, off the back of a lot of our resource activity and things like our geological survey, we've developed a, and, and are developing a research hub uh, in, in Western Australia built around the resources sector. 
and that spans a lot of things from geology through to, to application of um, technology in autonomous vehicles uh, and, uh, and, and uh, the growing use of that automation in, in the resource sector. And, and so during your presentation you also talked about uh, commodities that Western Australia is a huge contributor to uh, around the world. So we, of course iron ore, everybody will know about, there's also gold and lithium, but another that astute investors will know about is of course rare earths. Uh, Western Australia is home to major rare earth projects, including the only company outside of China that really contributes much to the global supply of rare earths being Linus. So can you tell me a little bit more about Western Australia's role in the current rare earths discussion and how Western Australia is levering it, leveraging its position to be a major player in this space. Certainly, Scott. So, as you mentioned, and, and the iron ore story, we're the largest producer of iron ore in the world. Uh, we're the second largest producer of uh, LNG uh, in the world, and we're the third largest producer of gold. Um, they're important stories, uh, and, and uh, the, the figures uh, behind those in terms of value of production are impressive on a global scale. Uh, but we're also uh, and not as well recognised uh, for our contribution and our capacities in, in some other areas. Lithium, for example, we supply 60% of the world's output in, in lithium. And rare earths that you mentioned, uh, uh, we have 20% um, of the world output comes. Now it's small in volume, but as, as many countries are now um, identifying, it's of strategic importance. As you said, Linus, who operates in uh, mine in, in Western Australia, uh, in rare earths is, uh, is the only non-Chinese production, uh, if you like, um, of, uh, uh, of those uh, elements. Uh, we have another uh, company, Northern Minerals, who operates in the northern state, which has got uh, a pilot program uh, of production in, in the so-called heavy uh, rare earth elements, which are even more um, uh, difficult to, uh, to find in economical uh, 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 size and resource and to be able to process. Uh, so uh, rare earths are not rare in their um, uh, in the frequency of their um, uh, location if you like but they are rare to find um, in, in locations where you can e economically extract them and that you can do the detailed processing that needs to be required to extract the elements of that. I think Western Australia has got some advantages uh, in uh, rare earth potential. They're the same advantages that perhaps help, have helped us get to the position we are in some of those other commodities. I mentioned earlier we've got a known geology, we've got a geology that's well, well studied and established so we're um, confident we're able to locate and others who are able to analyse that information can, can use that information to locate resources. I think we've got a good regulatory regime, uh, so some of the regulation required around rare earth processing and the byproducts they produce is important to get right, to reassure the community and governments that you can do this safely and with, in a sustainable way. So again, not saying we're perfect, but we've got a, a good, good track record in the regulatory space and I think people can come uh, to Western Australia with confidence uh, understanding that regulatory regime. And lastly, that science base that I talked about earlier and the hubs that we are developing around our scientific um, knowledge and expertise. We have a range of uh, uh, cooperative research centres and other institutions that have been developed uh, which give us the capacity 
on site, if you like, to contribute to uh, to solving some of the problems that need to be solved to it, to extract those rare earths in an economic fashion. So those are the three things I think that that position us well. Uh, we are already in the game. Um, many many countries and other jurisdictions in Australia, we heard this morning, have aspirations in that space. We're already um, got company operating, um, you know, two companies operating in that space. And, and so the current political situation certainly uh, between between the US and China, rare earths has come back, so, well it was always in the picture but it seems to have come roaring back into the picture. So the US declared rare earths as a critical mineral. Is this a big deal really for Western Australia or was because Western Australia was already in the game, is it just mean that the state had a first mover advantage? Oh, I think it's created opportunities that perhaps haven't been there um, um, as transparently before. The US has, uh, as you said, identified that as critical mission, um, but so has Japan, so has uh, Europeans. So it's not just the US is important, but it's not just the US that's in, um, in this space as well. And I think uh, again, um, uh, the fact that we've got operations already in place, we've got confidence that we can we can um, expand our production, or, or companies can expand their production in, in Western Australia in a safe, sustainable, and responsible way. And I think that does give us a first mover uh, advantage. And uh, broadening out a little bit for uh, our last series of questions, so during your presentation you talked about how Western Australia's mining sector was alive and well even as there seemed to be chatter about the mining boom, mining boom being over. Can you just elaborate a little bit more on that for our listeners? Yes, certainly. And um, uh, I guess, uh, you know, we had a substantial uplift in, in economic activity in the state around the investment, major investments that were going into iron ore to LNG uh, by the companies involved to expand their facilities. That had brought lots of benefits for the Western Australia. It also brought some, some consequences in terms of, you know, th pressure on the population, pressure on house prices and, and so on, wages uh, growth as well. Uh, that subsided as the investments have been brought on stream. Uh, many people unfortunately, you know, describe that as a mining boom which is now over there's been a reduction in the activity that's associated with that construction but now what's coming on stream is the reduction that that new investment uh, was you know, uh, put in place to, to deliver. And so we are seeing in things like employment figures in the, in the uh, mining sector, the highest level of employment, 124,000 uh, people employed in the mining sector last year, highest that, that it's ever been. Uh, we see in our, in our own department the, the extent of approvals coming through requiring for things like exploration permits to programs of works on mining tenements and so on, record levels or close to record levels. Um, so uh, my message this morning was the mining sector is alive and well, we're not having the boom conditions that we had uh, when the investments were been put in place, but in my view that's probably a good thing. We're seeing things at a sustainable level and the mining sector will you know, continue to be an important important contributor. Can I also quickly say the other thing that's missed in that picture I mentioned this morning as well is the diversity of that activity. We've talked this morning not just about um, other minerals um, apart from the big three if you like that we're involved in so we've got diversity in production but the mining sector itself is diverse. You see from the displays around in this conference the uh, um, diversity of activity the diversity of employment opportunities there are uh, from uh, involved in the resource sector, from environmental scientists to data analysts to to, to geologists and, and mining engineers, and I think that's a, a message that's not uh, not understood and not got out uh, about the mining sector. Okay, so instead of saying that the mining boom is over, it's fair to say that the industry has matured over time. 
Uh, it's, it's been an industry that's been around for a long time. It's got a pretty good record of change in that time and dealing with change. Uh, my message, I think, is the mining industry is alive and well, um, certainly in Western Australia, and it's got more to contribute. And so, uh, final question, I just want to ask you, what do you think would be the most exciting project on the horizon for Western Australia or Australia? Uh, that's a tough call. Uh, I think there's lots of exciting projects and they don't need to be big to be exciting. Uh, I think um, uh, there's lots of small projects that are doing innovative uh, things. I, I probably wouldn't pick a particular project, uh, but I would pick the way in which things uh, are done. Again, there's been a bit of a focus at this conference, as you know, on, on greenhouse gas emissions uh, in the mining sector. And I think there's uh, lots of good stories. We had a, uh, an annual environmental award in Western Australia, our Golden Gecko Award, which is, um, I think, quite well known, run th one this year by a company, um, uh, Sandfire Resources and Copper and Gold Deposit, that's, that's powering its mine from solar energy. I think they're the sorts of things that make uh, for exciting um, development, make working in the resource sector in WA uh, exciting. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking so much time to have a chat with me, David. Absolute pleasure, Scott, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. And once again, I'm Scott Tibbles with the Investing News Network, and I've been speaking with David Smith, who is the Director General at the Department of Mines, Industry Regulation at Safety.